Hey, I'm Fuzz. I'm Joel. Welcome to Fags and Fendi. And we're here to talk about life, relationships, and what it is to be a queer person of color in Australia. You said it all. Welcome back to another episode of Fags and Fendi. We are your favorite fags. I am looking across the table. I'm seeing potentially tonal and another bug. And no, I'm not referring to your brooch. How are you, Joel? <laughs> The cockroach has grown so now <laughs> into the person sitting before me. Beautiful <laughs> butterfly. Anyhow, how are you? I'm good, but tell me, how was your weekend? How was your day? No, my day was <laughs> my day was a day. I was very, very excited. So today, everybody, I made my first appearance on the Channel Seven Morning Show. It was very exciting. My teammate from MKR and I. Um, went on to teach people how to make Fijian breakfast. It's a it's a a dish called bambaka, which is like a deep fried Fijian bread or like a donut with like various other condiments. It was very very cool to be able to share culture and just to you know be yourself in that space. And so that was sending, my day. Um, I read the post and I saw millennial in the bracket. What? What are you talking about? You claim to be Gen Z. I am. Can I just tell everybody <laughs> this because this is a real I thing? I am. That go, sis. I am a cusp. <laughs> generational you thought person. I wasn't going to let that go. Basically, I am a millennial. I have turned 35 and I'm very proud of the fact that I've turned 35 now. You know, <laughs> I've done much in my life to this to this tender age of 35. I'm still young. But I also feel in my spirit that I am actually also Gen Z. I this like is you're attributed. a baby boomer disguising. You have the hair of a boomer is all I have to you say. You should not talk also, about hair. Also, moving on, can I just say that I have many Gen Z friends. We go out all the time. Shout out in particular to my sister, Nancy. Thank you, honey, for keeping me up to date. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also to my darling, Ruby. Ruby, sweetie, thank you so much for telling me how to make those blurry f- stories. Because apparently, did you know that boomerangs are out? I know that. I hate boomerangs. Nobody does I'm boomerangs Gen Z, anymore. I just knew it. You, I did't need to be thought. You are a boomer uncle. And just so you know, shout out Ruby and Nancy. You don't hear the complaints the next day. All the and the croaks and the knee pain. Well, maybe I have a little bit of knee pain, but you know what? A lot of Gen Z people reality. also have knee pain. That's all I'm saying. You know, this is this is genetics. And actually, that's racist because as a Pacifica person, oh, okay. I genetically have weak knees. So thank you very much. I don't much. give a shit. Anyway, what are we talking about today? No, let's talk about you first. How was your weekend? It's good. We... Well, we went hiking yesterday. Mm-hmm. That was an experience, wasn't it? I mean, hiking is fun. So for everybody who doesn't know, Joel is terrified of lizards. So I every did not single see you time, descending any of us. Every single time a lizard came. There was actually a point where we were hiking also with my uh, very, very best friend, Blessing. And there was a point where he literally almost climbed on her back because he saw a okay. lizard. That is and such I was like, an that exaggeration. That is so dramatic. The poor lizard is literally Whatever. just standing there. Like, you know, ah! Like yeah, sure. Is that why you stopped in your tracks when? The- no, wait. First of all, you were scared of the lizards. That's one thing. I wasn't scared of the lizards. You were. I was not. I was terrified. We of had the to bush talk turkeys. you off the ledge to talk, and then the bush turkey was another part okay, of it. Can I just say that bush turkeys are very aggressive animals? They're not at all. They are. They run towards you with a little gobbly thing. They literally and didn't run at you. It was running towards me, and it was kicking all stuff back. All I'll say is, blessing was the bravest. <laughs> Trust you know, the woman to be so brave, and we do uh, the. <laughs> but you know what though shout out actually can i just say that women in life are incredibly brave much braver than men it is a fact of life think about it everybody think about all the females in your life agree they are survivors. powerful powerful people they the are right survivors honey. anyway anyway so yes. 
Let's bring ourselves back to this room and to this conversation now. It's appropriate that we're sitting around a table because today we are talking about... <laughs> the table. The table. We are talking about the table of life. Now, it's often said um, that you have to curate the people who you, who you allow to sit on the table of your life. And very often, the analogy of your life is that your life is a table. So it's a place where friends come to sit. Um, I remember speaking to another friend of mine about this one time, about kind of like being the head of your life. Actually, multiple friends. There were three friends in particular that spoke to about this, but being sort of like the head of your life. So, you know, you kind of like sit at the head of your own table. But how there are moments in your life where you will have to vacate that seat to go and sit at the table of somebody else. And over there, you take the seat of a guest. So it's an interesting dance we play as human beings, where we're moving from host, which is where we're centering our of lives, life. and then you are then guest or supporting character in somebody else's life. Now, it's interesting to consider first yourself, what sort of supporting character are you in the life of another person? The best way you can assess this, however, is by assessing who are the supporting characters in your life? So if you were to think of your life as this table, what are, what, what are the values that you look for? So Joe, I'll put the question to you. Oh. No, but like, think like- But prior to that, let's also say, this was a discussion that we had in a previous episode. This is from a previous energy. episode. I think it was energy and it kind of like, this was towards the end and the table analogy came up. And I thought it was really interesting because of the- because of the break that we had in the last four weeks, and then we came back for one episode, um, we've been having these discussions with separate friends. And this seems to be the most talked about episode in terms of this table and the analogy. Mm. And I've had multiple friends of my own, and you saw it yourself, you came to visit me at my store, and the guy was, um, he, he recognized and he said that, you know, he was listening to the podcast, yeah. he recognized you on the couch and he mentioned that that was the episode that he was, that's the episode he listened to. Also, just very quickly, I would just like to shout out that guy um, who came to Joel's store that day. I, I don't know what your name is. I'm John. so sorry, John. John, honey, thank you so much for being there. I had no energy because I'm currently <laughs> on a starvation diet. However, I was very happy to see you, much happier than I made myself out to be. Thank you. Carry is it on. because of the Botox? You can't show expressions? Or? No, it's because I just don't eat. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have your Cuba cheese today? <laughs> and so then, coming back to energy. Also, yeah. my PT, the that I'm doing training with twice a week. <laughs> literally. No reaction. Literally. So like anyway, every single time we I talk about it, Joe's like, I've just canceled. I've just canceled. Whoever Joe's PT is, just cancel his membership. Can also, he's up? lying to you. Whenever he says that thing to you, he's like, wasn't it supposed to be tomorrow? It's a lie. Okay. I just Can we get you. back on topic? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to cancel and edit that bit. <laughs> when um, I had my PT training, that was the same, that, episode in particular it was the same thing he he brought up that uh discussion and then again it becomes a whole introspect of who he thinks sits on his table and why uh friends have changed and over time you know these discussions i've been having with multiple friends so this was the most um talked about episode for me with my friends and it was interesting that's why we said let's talk about the table and let's delve deeper into it so 
now that Joel has given us an entire breakdown, which is half unnecessary, let's get back to the original you know question. What? I gotta take <laughs> throw it on your head right now. Oh, what a waste of five minutes. So um, <laughs> now that we're here, so tell me, Joel, though, like, you know, when you consider the table of your life, Joel, yes. what do you want to be called? You always call me bitch outside of this. I, I That's do. Racism. I do. <laughs> That's racism. Okay, bitch, well, tell me. Tell me, if you yes. consider the table of your life right now and you think about the people who are sitting on your table, and like, look, the thing is that the table of your life can be quite long. <laughs> it's like at a dinner party, you know? As the host, you, send, you sit yourself in the center. And then in a traditional dinner party setting, you seat people around you from the order of importance to, you know, like the people who are not less, yeah, who are less important. It's the only way to say it. Just it's not everyone. Truth, if you're at his dinner and where you're sitting from now on. That's why I only have dinners for like up to five people. <laughs> <laughs> but can I just say though, like, note that. but you know, I mean, you can have a kind of look at the people around you and these are like your closest friends or people who are like your family and then you go out you have your your good friends you know and then you have your friends and then you have what is referred to as your near acquaintances and then you have acquaintances you know and then beyond that are just people you know so when you consider if for the purpose of this podcast we will be discussing that inner sanctum of friendship so we're not talking about like the broad table of life we're talking about like when you have a smaller party, right? So when you think about that, because those people are very important, they inform your thoughts, they are the people who support you, yeah. the people who sit on that inner table of life for you, that sort of inner sanctum that you have, they're the people that you know we say that you do life with. Mm. They're the people that you check in with, they're the people who know where you're going, what you're doing, you know, and not in like a annoying sort of, you know, mutually, I don't know, What's a word for it? I'm waiting for the question. No, <laughs> no that's no. another five minutes. No, I'm trying to like, no, I'm trying to like explain. If this is not about like encouraging people to be sort of like dependent on each other. This is more about like that circle of people. Anyway, the point is, now yes, that we're back you. here. Oh, you know what? He was just waiting for to do that. He was waiting to do that because first he went around the bend to go all the way back to the other episode. First of all, like, you're late, up. so shut up. Our just audience go. is very intelligent, Joel. They know I what know. we're talking about. And they don't like your roundabouts. Let's go. What's the question? <laughs> yeah, my roundabouts. I'm sorry. Let's not even What's talk about this. What's the question? I've what asked you the question? question. I said the no, question already. Oh, my God. You do not look like Cardi B. You sound like her, though. So, I'd rather be looking Think about think about that table of life. What is your criteria? How do you do you feel like you actively and consciously select these people? Or do you feel like they just, you know, some people say that, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. Do you think that happens? I think it does, but I think it's much more complex than that. I don't think it is a selection criteria per se. I think you just I think it's part of like getting older. It's a very hard question for me to answer. I'll be very honest. However, it's something that I feel as I've got older, I just know who they are. And I just feel like the people who are meant to be in my inner circle, they're there. I want to say for a reason, but I don't know what the reason is. I have just, I think most of my inner circle friends are, I've known them for like 10 years and above. So they have seen me through quite a few, you know, like through my journey, through various situations. And 
you just, as you get older and a combination of doing um, life with them for long periods of time and them seeing you through, you know, the situations here and there, um, they just have become who they are. Like they're just my inner circle. I don't know how you would select them. I know what I don't want, but even that is a very complex thing to answer. However, I will say as I've got older, I know um yeah, I don't even know how to answer that. Wow. <laughs> Why don't you go first? Great answer. Great answer. That was I so just gave insightful. You another no, that, that that was so insightful. I I learned Thank nothing. Thank you. Thank you so well much. Done. <laughs> you go. Um well, no, I mean, it, it is an interesting question, it, and it is a complex thing to have to answer. What I found in life is that when you're younger, you tend to think that everybody deserves a seat at the table. Everybody. The people even, you're sort of more willing to put up with things as well, I think. Um, I will admit that I gave this up very, very early, um, but I... Well, allowing people at my table who showed up to the table with disrespect, yeah. you know, there's that expression, there's that expression, um, which is about another table is that you, you must learn to leave a table or get up from a seat where love is no longer being served, right? You must learn to be able to do that. And I think that I learned to do that in other people's lives. And then in the process, learned when somebody needed to have their seat pulled from my table if they weren't bringing that vibe of love. Now, it's been a very interesting journey for me, though, because like I, I you know, I, I hear people all the time, particularly um, in my generation. And I think that even the generation moving forward, we talk about vibes and energy, for example. We even talked about energy, right? So, yeah. and you kind of like, you're like, oh, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe or blah, 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 whatever. It doesn't necessarily. Sometimes your vibe, particularly if you're a charismatic person, like uh, I believe myself to be quite a charismatic person, you can attract a lot of people. Um, primarily because you're loud and you're, you know, slightly obnoxious and like whatever, and like you're, and, and you're able to sort of like throw yourself out there. Um, but in in terms of like sort of curating the people around your table, I think it's the people who show up and prove that they're going to show up. And I don't think, for me personally, that has anything to do with time. I have friends who I have known for years. Um, I have. You know, some of my very, very closest friends who I've known for years. My partner, of course, is the person who's closest to me. I've known Eli for 15. Well, we've been together for 15 years, but I've known him for 20, I think, or more. Um, 22 years, perhaps, even. But then I have people who have just come into my life in the last year who have been such a profound impact on me in ways I don't even think um, Actually, they can possibly... Light bulb in my head. We met one year ago. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Yes, it's true. We met a year ago. So, And this is the thing. Like, It's one of those things where time is somewhat consequential because I think that because I think that in time, some people sort of like prove themselves over time, but it's also inconsequential and in that people can prove themselves very, very early. I think about two of my friends in particular, actually, and, and I will shout them out a little bit. So there's um, uh, Kirsty and Gemma, um, two people that I have met here only in the last couple of months, actually, not even in the last year. And all of a sudden, I can't imagine life without these people. I can't imagine life without a weekly 
face-to-face catch-up. I can't imagine life without messaging each other. I can't imagine life without sort of like that sense of security that's provided. And of course, this is because, you know, for those of you who have been listening to the podcast, you'll know I moved back to Australia in October of last year. And so in some ways, you can feel somewhat isolated from, from your table. You can feel like maybe you've stood up from your table and you've walked somewhere else. It's like you have to build a new table, but no, you don't. The, your, your table of life is metaphorical. So people can continue to pull, you can pull up chairs for people as that happens. And it's an interesting thing to me because was it a vibe? I'm not sure, but I know that it was definitely a something. You know, I was talking um, uh, just the other day to one of my very best friends, Blessing, and Blessing I've known for for a long time. We've known each other since we were young and had good knees, honey. <laughs> and like, and we used to drop it on Oxford Street, and Oxford Street was a vibe, you know. Full disclosure, Oxford Street is dead. Um, hopefully, yeah. it's coming back to life. I'm but, hoping World Pride will like change that. Fingers crossed. But I said to her, I said, you have to meet my friend Kurt. This is another, you know, sort of new friend um, that I've made recently. And we've only met like over the last couple of weeks, literally. It's been like three weeks, perhaps. But again, it's a it's a feeling of like a familiarity of like kind of like, oh, I feel like I've known you for a very long time. And I think that that feeling of familiarity in a good way, that positive feeling of familiarity. How do we is something define to explore? That? Like, is that what we mean by vibe? Potentially, I think. I mean, like, you know, we, we talk about the idea of a good vibe. We talk about the idea that, like, somebody sort of, like, exudes a particular type of energy. But I think that it's beyond just somebody sort of releasing a particular kind of energy into the atmosphere. I think it's when your energy and their energy somehow finds... Yes. yes. Yeah. And then when that happens that's when a friendship begins. And I think that over time, and sometimes, you know, you you said before about long-term friends, like sometimes it takes years and sometimes it takes weeks. Sometimes it takes months. Sometimes you can meet a stranger today and end up messaging with them every single day. You know, like you, it, you just don't know. But what is interesting is this, is that when somebody comes to that table of your life, and this is the thing that I've always found and I think, like these people who have come to the table of my life, they bring joy. And I think that maybe that's the criteria. It's the people who bring you joy. I think um, when I say, so I think with time, what changes is your boundaries and your requirements. I feel like we said this in the um, energy episode, in your early teens and your 20s almost, you want to be friends with everyone and you want to expand your circle and you want to be out at every party and you want to get to know everyone. That's a general scenario, not everyone. It's uh, kind of like a general understanding. Okay, I want to get to know everyone. I want to be the most popular. I want to know everyone. As you get older, you start seeing the different characters over the years. You then start to see how someone can betray you, how someone can be a good friend and talk behind your back, how someone can also be a very good friend and you don't necessarily need to be texting every day. It can be a friend that you, you know, a very good friend and maybe they've moved overseas for work and, you know, they fly back in and it feels like time has never passed and it's it's some some sort of, I don't know, the closeness or some sort of something that when you see them, it's back to normal and you feel like no time has passed, I'm just catching up. 
I feel like over time, coming back to me, I've learned my boundaries. I know what I want. I don't. I know what I don't want. It's very hard to define what that is, but I just know as I've got older who it is. And I agree with the joy part. Yes, um, you as you get older and also being business people and you know, you're handling multiple things, you want people who are stress-free and you want people to add joy to your life and not add more stress to your life. You want people to, when you hang out, you want easy, you want breezy, you don't want complicated, you don't want too much of something. You don't want stress. You just don't want added stress. I feel like over time, like I said, most importantly is I've learned my boundaries. I know who should be there. And I also agree. Yes. Like, you know, I've met you one year ago. I've met so many people in a short frame of time and there's something that connects us. And then the other part to that, that I've learned is people come and go as well. And I'm fine with that as I've got older as well, people sometimes come into your table, come and sit at your table for a particular season, for a particular situation, and then they leave. You know, maybe it's time for them. You know, they were just there for that situation and that purpose, and it was time for them to leave. But again, a few years later, they may come back again. So I've learned who your inner circle is, and then the riffraff, and like who the some who are close, but then they come in and out. And then the ones that are close, but you don't talk every day. And then all of a sudden they're there and you're, you know, it feels like no time has passed. Very interesting. No, it is. I think that I think that it's a very interesting discussion to be had because, you know, like beyond that also, you know, you know, we talked about joy. But I think the other thing is we also have our peculiarities and the things that we personally enjoy. There are things that we enjoy in this world. Um, but what I found in terms of the way that life works and how life is most interesting is that sometimes, based on the way that you're raised, um, particularly if this is a particular thing for people of color, because I, I think that, um, no, actually, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that because I, I'm going to make a comment about white people in a second. <laughs> but like, but I will say this, you know, you're kind of, to, well, I will say this about people of color first. Sometimes when you are raised, you are told, you know, to have a particular group of friends and to ensure that everybody is sort of like determined and everybody is, you know, sort of like moving towards success and everybody wants to study and everybody wants to like have a great job or run a business or every, you know, like it's it's always that, right? And I think that sometimes also um, some of the sort of like self-help gurus or like entrepreneur mindset people, whatever, I hate those people, are like, um, oh, you know, like surround yourself with like, with the same, you know, but sameness is so boring. Like I, I, I can't think of anything worse than if I were to look around the people that I love and think you are all exactly the same. I have friendships where people are incredibly driven, you know, like, you know, like hardcore, like very high energy. I have people in my life who are not so incredibly driven and that's okay too. I have people who whose sole ambition is in life to make lots and lots of money. I have some people in life who have no ambition to make a lot of money. I think that it's really, really important. I have people who like to read, people who don't like to read, people who like TV, people who don't like TV. You know, like all these sorts of things. I, even as a creative, um, and art is so important to me, and I consider myself even to be art. I have friends who are the complete antithesis of that, and I like, I didn't get at. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important 
for the fabric of your life and for this table that you have called life, that you have people, when you sit there at the head of your table and you look around, that you see difference in the people who are around the table. Of course, you you know, people who will be similar to you as well because you'll do similar things. But how will you know about life if you don't have a variety of people around you? And this is what I'm going to say about white people. So, and I find this in Australia a lot, and I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. You know, to my white brothers and sisters um and those who are and those who are non-binary if you look around your table and if you do not see a person of color wherever they might sit right i mean i understand that sometimes circumstance where people grow up you know particular demographics maybe there was not an opportunity to you know to like have a best friend who was a person of color but if as an adult you do not have somebody who is a person of color not just one not a token person this is not like one you know it's not like a rom-com from the early 2000s guys you don't need to have like one person of color in there but if you don't have diversity with your within your friend group you are missing out on understanding what life could possibly be if you look around your table also and you have no queer people once again there's enough of us find you know two or three of us learn about us because in that exchange of knowledge around the table that's what this is about right i mean it's like what we're doing here for this podcast joel and i sit here every two weeks and we share knowledge. We talk about the things that we know and about the things that we don't know. And hopefully when we get up from this table, we both know a little bit more. That's life. Every single day that you walk out into the world, you are learning something. So imagine everybody else around your table and imagine based on who they are, what they must be learning. If everybody around your table is exactly the same as you, you're all coming back like an echo chamber saying the same thing. But if everybody around that table is different to you, not everybody, but you know what I mean. If there is difference around the table, then people are coming back with a different perspective. And I think you say that also because I do... I do to some extent um, think that people of color, the way we make friends and connect is a little bit different because from a very young age, being people of color, you're thrown in with growing up with your extended cousins and your second cousins. And you very quickly learn that, you know, your parents are, they, they, um, reach out to your cousins to come over. They reach out to your aunties and uncles. They're all they're always over at your place. And I feel like growing up, we don't have this sense. We always used to laugh growing up in Malaysia that you know white people have to make appointments when they come to <laughs> when they come over to your house. And it's not so far from. It's not really a far fetched thing. I mean, I know a lot of white people that you know. If I just drop drop in to their house, it is like uh, it's. You looked at what are you doing here? <laughs> you didn't plan in advance. Well, see, if I just dropped into one of my colored friends, is that's just who we are? You just drop in. Oh, what are you cooking for dinner? I'm gonna stay for dinner. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay over tonight too. No, but actually, because like, let me just say though that like Australians broadly are overscheduled people, and I have been falling into that trap recently, actually. But we need to be less scheduled. I get work. I get that. But it is fucking ridiculous that if you want to have dinner with a friend, oh, I can't pencil you in this week, but how about three weeks from now on oh Saturday God, at 7 p.m.? Every time that happens, I'm like, you know what, honey, don't worry about it. I hate that. Because <laughs> we don't it, need to see each other. Even I don't Pull operate like that. Pull the seat from the table. <laughs> I don't operate like that. I've got friends who are, you know, let's pencil in dinner for three weeks because we're busy this week. And they'll see me out for dinner on that same day. And they'll be like, why did you, you told me you're busy. I'm like, because the plan happened last minute and that's how i work oh i'm free let's go for dinner 
It's yeah. much easier, I find, for myself to do that than actually plan three weeks in advance. Spontaneity, darling. Do you know what? There is a great value on in spontaneity. Mm-hmm. And I think more people need to, be, need to learn to be so. spontaneous. And I think just relating back to people of color, I feel like we learn all these elements from our cultural upbringing. I feel like I've learned a lot of that you know, like you're dropping in and you're extending your arms. It's from, it's like a very cultural community mindset. And I, I know- Adults tend to be more communal. Like, you know, it's, it's yes. more about sharing, sharing sort of space and food and, and, and sort of, and knowledge. And, um, and yeah, and just sharing love. I and think even if you're like, you know, I've cooked dinner for my family of five and then three, three of my cousins show up, we still have to feed them. It's it's not even a like, oh, you know, it's like, a, oh, we'll extend, we'll eat, you know, I won't eat, you eat the food. So I think it's very important from that element for us to adopt that a lot more today. Um, I don't know where I went with this, but I went off No, but you know what, that is the one time that your tangent was actually not useless. Yeah. I felt like that... <laughs> <laughs> fives across the board not tens <laughs> just you. fives just fives not Thank tens you. five out of five um <laughs> no I, I i i quite agree with that and i and i'm enjoying where the where the discussion is going so now let's lead on to a little bit of introspection so thus far we've been talking about who you want around your table mm-hmm. now having assessed that and understanding vibe and understanding you know maybe you want difference you want kindness you want joy you want people who are easy and not like necessarily and not problematic. Now, the question is that I ask you and that I ask everybody who's listening, who are you at somebody else's table? Are you, what are you bringing to somebody else's table? Because sometimes, you know, I am increasingly coming across people like this, um, which is fascinating to me, but people who have sort of like, you know, this main character syndrome um, where they feel like, their table in life. And this is why discussing these tables is important. Are you talking about someone else's life and they're the main character or the narcissism where they think they're everyone's I'm main talking, character? I, I suppose I'm talking about, it's a form of narcissism, um, this sort of main character syndrome, where certain people tend to think that there is only one table in life. And it's a very dangerous thing. It's very dangerous thing to think about. And I think that in many ways sometimes also, and that's why I want to sort of like come back to this, it, it, you know, it's important to discuss your own table, you know, because we're always talking about that, about like, okay, who's around, you know, who's around you, who's sitting with you, blah, blah, blah. And we, and we had that discussion just now. Mm. But we very rarely as a culture and as a generation or generations discuss who are you when you get up from your seat and go and sit at somebody else's table? What are you taking to their life? Are you able to play the supporting character's role? Because the reality in life is this. It's a balance. Yeah. Right, you are not always, as we say in Fiji, you are not always the head girl. Sometimes you are the, the class captain. The head girl or the head goal? The head girl. Oh, so you're not always the head girl. Sometimes you're the class captain. So, at what point can you go into somebody else's life and allow somebody else? to be that person firstly but also who are you at that table so do you ever sort of do you think that you consciously think about that in your in your relationship with your friends do you ever consider but you know when you sort of take a seat or take a step off your head table and go and sit in somebody else's life i guess that depends on who i guess it's different for every person because you know again your um, inner circle 
for your inner circle, are you in their inner circle as well? Or, you know, are they, they're your inner circle, but to them, I assume it has to be the same, right? I mean, I would assume so. I mean, I, I think that it would, I think that it would be, it would be odd if yeah. um I I think that that's an interesting point as well in that like that's I a episode of its own <laughs> I, I I think I think it might be because honestly I I feel like honestly if if you are not generally it is but if you are not part of the inner circle or if you're not sort of like part of the main table of another person they should not be yeah part of the main table generally, of your life that's the idea. <laughs> Yeah. And then I there guess, has to be equity in relationships, right? Yes, and I guess everyone else. Then it depends on your level of relationship with them and where it's heading. Um, I just know what I give, just in general. I guess just the same way you know what you give. For your inner circle is different, and this is one thing. I also another question on a question is, I I find this interesting as well. Is what point do you? You know, your inner circle, usually you tend to say they are extended family. That's how close you become. At what point when you're also having issues with them, how much do you love them and try and try and try? And at what point then it becomes, we need a break for a while or, you know, you continue the friendship or you go down a path where it becomes a little bit of a, becomes a bit toxic or it becomes... You know, you have an issue that you can't really solve. Okay, this is 100% another episode. <laughs> this literally sounds like therapy. <laughs> no, because you're making me think now. <laughs> How many minutes do we have? Um, yeah, not we long. So, <laughs> no, but I think, look, I mean, I, I think that that's a discussion. Well, I guess these are itself. questions we can put to you, the audience. Yeah. It's all just questions that we also as we're talking about we think about and i think it's very interesting however just to quickly answer your question is to my inner circle yes i would assume that if they're sitting in my table as my inner circle i am in their inner circle and i know how much i give i give a lot i know that myself i give my love i give my attention i give my listening ear and i'm always there. and i also say this I said this to you as well. Even if I fall out with a friend, I'm never going to stop extending, not extending, sorry. If I feel like we need a break, we need a break. However, if that person runs into trouble and they need my help and they contact me, you know, I need help. I'm in a situation. I will not not help. I will help. I think with inner circle, like you said, you feel like you're getting what you're, you, what you're, you feel like you're receiving what you're giving that's good for me. And I feel like I give way more than I receive. I feel like if you're going to give me this, I'll give you three times more. That's fine with me because I feel like that's who I am. So that's your answer, I guess. Mm. I think that like, you know, sort of starting to draw this to a conclusion because it is a really, really broad topic and we do want to hear what you have to say. So please feel free. No, not feel free. I encourage you, send us DMs either directly to our personals or to the Fags and Fendi Instagram account and let us know your thoughts on this because we know that this is a major discussion for a lot of people out there right now, especially navigating the post-COVID world where we're starting to come back into each other's lives. But I think that broadly, you know, when you when I will say you must be able to humble yourself to remove yourself from a, from your head table to go and sit as a supporting player in other people's lives. Never stay there too long, though. 
Never linger. Remember that you are still the main character of your own story. Some people can become perpetual guests and you don't want to do that. I think that it's important for you to ensure that there's balance in life. And when you do go and sit at the table of another friend, ensure that you are bringing joy and positivity and support to their lives, but also never become a doormat. And I think that that's coming back to what you said before. You know, at some point, yeah, if you feel like you're being forced to stay, or if you're at being- At what point have you become a doormat? I guess that's it. I wonder if you'll just know. I wonder if you would just know. So again, let us know your thoughts on this. This is a massive discussion. Who knows? We may do a part two to this, but we're not doing a part two next week because it's far too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> At least we have one week break. Every fortnight. <laughs> and she's going back to the land of Fiji. I am. Two so days. I return to the islands on Wednesday, but only for a week. I'm very excited to go back and be refreshed. And when I come back, I'm sure I'll be back with so much more content. Beautiful. On that note, thank you all for joining us once again. And we will see you next time see you then